everybody. Welcome to Epiphany Church. Uh, My name is Pastor Derek Parks, and I have the privilege of serving here as the lead pastor. And so, man, I'm so excited to worship God with you guys today. And we are in a series titled Marked, uh, in a series called Marked. We uh, are spending uh, four weeks in this series. We've been talking about what it means to be called by the Savior. And so for some of us, I think we needed a reminder about whose we are and where we are to be because of who we, whose we are. And so uh, the, the, the clearest picture for you, the clearest reminder for you is this, is that if you have been called by the Savior, that means you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. If, you, if you've been called by the Savior, that means you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to submit to you that disciples do a couple things, right? Uh, and, and we've been laying that out over the course of this series to, to help you to see what disciples do. Uh, and, and I want to help you to understand today that being a disciple has four, three primary purposes. Number one, it's about being with Jesus. See, so many of us, we, we've come to Jesus and we've forgotten what it means to actually be with him, to spend time with him to have un, uh, uninterrupted time with Jesus that we set aside that is specifically for us and him. You know, it, I, I get it. Life happens. Stuff goes on. People got stuff to do. People are busy. Some people pretend to be busy. Like, there's a whole lot of things that happen, right? But in reality is, is that you have to learn how to spend time with Jesus so that you can be with Jesus. Next is this, is that disciples, they must become like Jesus. See, it doesn't make any sense for you to spend a bunch of time with him if you're never becoming more like him. He is the greatest of all time. Amen. He's the goat. (laughs) And so you want to become like the goat. Growing up, everybody wanted to be like Mike, right? That was even movies made about everybody wanted to be like Mike. You pick your Mike, Mike Jordan, Mike Tyson, uh, Mike Jackson, you pick them, right? It's, It's whatever Mike it was. Somebody wanted to be like them, but who wants to be like Jesus? See, and and being a disciple means becoming like Jesus. And the last thing that it means is is this, is is doing what Jesus did. Doing what Jesus did. And so I've been giving us four practical things in this series that Jesus does that he's calling his disciples to do as well. Number one, we talked about in the first week is this, is that Jesus gathered people and he gathered with people. Jesus gathered about he was a master gatherer. He was a master at gathering people to be with him. He was a master at gathering people uh, uh, in, in his space and to and to call them along so that he could invite people to repent for the coming kingdom. And so that's the second thing that we see is number one is that disciples gather. OK, say gather. The second thing is di- disciples invite, say invite. And so Jesus invited people to repent. For the coming kingdom, he called them next to give up their life for the benefit of others. And so the third thing that disciples are called to do, and we're going to lay this out today, is disciples are called to give. And so somebody say give. (laughs) Y'all got real quiet on that gift part. (laughs) And then the last thing that Jesus did, Jesus served those who should have been serving him. He served those who should have been serving him. And so the, the fourth thing that disciples do, and we'll talk about this next week, is disciples, they serve. Somebody say serve. serve. So we'll be looking today at, Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, at Mark 
chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, verses 13 through 14. Mark chapter 12, verses 13 through 14. If you've got your Bible turned there, um, I like paper, so I like to turn there. I feel more spiritual when I have a paper Bible in my hand. If you don't have a paper Bible in your hand, I don't know. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> if not, you pull it up on your device, your your your, your iPhone, or whatever other contraption you have. <laughs> I'm a hater. <laughs> Where my brother at? My brother's a Samsung guy. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, not enough like right and then um, if you don't have it we'll have it up here for you on the screen okay forgive me y'all it's hot in here Mark chapter 12 verse 13 let's hear the words of our father together it says then they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to trap him in his words when they came to him they said teacher we know you are truthful and don't care what anyone thinks, nor do you show partiality, but teach the way of God truthfully. They were hitting him with a bunch of platitudes trying to trick Jesus. So then they come around and they say, Jesus, here's a question for you. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? Verse 15, it says, but knowing their hypocrisy, Jesus knows the hypocrisy in all of our hearts. But he says, knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why are you testing me? Bring me a denarius to look at. And so they brought him the coin in verse 16. And Jesus, who masterfully asked questions, he asked them this question. He said, whose image and inscription is on this coin? And they replied, Caesar's. In verse 17, here's where I want to pitch my tent. Jesus told them, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And they were utterly amazed at him. Father, we pray by your spirit today, God, that you would be with us in this teaching moment. God, that you would be with us, God, as the word of God goes forth. And Lord, I pray, God, by your spirit God, that you would teach our hearts today, Father. God, help us to see you more clearly today as we walk through this idea of being marked and called by the Savior. And so, Father, help us today as we learn, God. I pray, God, that when we hear these words, we might respond by saying, Lord, help us to obey. And it is by your spirit, God, that I ask that you would stand in my body and think through my mind and speak through my mouth and let the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart, be acceptable in your sight, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer, and who I place all my trust. And everybody said, Amen. A mother wanted to teach her daughter a moral lesson. So she gave the little girl a quarter and a dollar for church. Anybody grow up in church and remember your mom giving you money to take up to the offering plate? <laughs> You'd be so embarrassed. <laughs> you didn't want to go up there. But then she'd give you a, like a big dollar bill or, or, or 20 or something like that, and then you'd be excited because you wanted to take it up there. But she gave her a quarter and a dollar for church. 
And she said this. She said, put whichever one in the collection plate that you desire and keep the other for yourself. Now, when they were coming out, <laughs> the little girl, the mother asked the little daughter, she says, hey, which amount did you give? And so the little girl said, well, I was going to give the dollar <laughs> before the collection came around. And then the pastor said that God loves a cheerful giver. And so I decided that I'd be more cheerful with a dollar than with a quarter. <laughs> so she gave the quarter. <laughs> And isn't that like some of us today? We believe that our happiness is attached to how much money we have in the bank. We believe that we'd be more happy with more as opposed to being more happy with less. We believe that if we give God a portion or a part of what we got and keep the rest for ourselves, then we'll truly be happy. But this passage is teaching us today, is teaching us today that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. See, when, anytime you talk about giving in, in a church service, anytime you talk about that, people get really quiet because people and their money, like, it's a really big thing. And I understand people with their money, like, you, you want all your coins. Like, I get it. Everybody wants all their coins. They're chasing the bag so they can get more and more coins. Like, I understand. Like, I definitely get it. But the scripture, listen to me, the scripture here at Epiphany, one of our values is, is that we love the word. And so what that means for us is that we do what the word says even when it doesn't feel good to us. We, we, we submit our lives to the word of God even when the word of God is hard to swallow. And so I want to call us today, but I want to give us a little bit more perspective about this idea of giving because it's not just about money, but we are to give of ourselves. And so verse 13, it tells us this. It says, then some Pharisees and Herodians, they came to Jesus, trying to trap Jesus in his words. Uh, these Pharisees, it's ironic that the, 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 the word Pharisee means uh, to be distinct or set apart. And so these ones who were sent ones and supposed to be set apart and distinguish themselves, they are now marked by their actions of hypocrisy in front of Jesus. And so be careful about how your life is communicating. You might be saying out your mouth that you're a Christian, but does your life line up with that fact? Does your life line up with that fact? So the Pharisees and the Herodians, these Herodians, they were partisans uh, of, of, of Herod. They, they were Herod's people. That was his political party, the people who were with him. Uh, and and they, they had this notion of being heroic. That's what the word Herod means. They were a heroic group of people. But here we find them coming to Jesus, trying to trap him. We find them coming to Jesus, trying to entrap him to get him to say the wrong stuff. And, and you better be careful because there might be some people in your life who are trying to get you out of your character and who are trying to trick you into saying stuff that you know that you wouldn't normally say if you were in alignment with Jesus. And so watch out who you've got around you because some people around you are trying to get you to say things and do things that you know that you shouldn't be doing. And so they tried to trap him. They, th th this word suggests that they, that, that, that they were hunting Jesus. Like they were really trying to get after Jesus. And listen, your belief about worldly possessions will hunt you down if you are not careful. 
your belief about worldly possessions will hunt you down and hunt your spirit down if you are not careful. So the principle of giving is about avoiding the trap of worldly entanglements. The, 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 the principle about giving is avoiding the trap of worldly entanglements. Listen, so many of us are caught up in worldly entanglements. So many of us are caught up with worldly things. We want everything that the world has. We want all the stuff that the world's got. But here's the reality. The, the principle of generosity teaches us that when we give, when we give of ourselves, when we give to Jesus, it actually opens us up to something greater than we would ever know if we were just holding on to everything. So they tried to trap Jesus. Hear this. They tried to trap him in his words. See, it, it's interesting here that the word that's used here is the word lagos. It, it's, it's the principle of giving is about your alignment with your own words. Do you believe that Jesus actually owns everything? Do you believe that everything belongs to him? Do you believe that he is an actual provider? Do you believe that he actually cares enough about you to make sure that you're not sick and destitute and broken your whole life? Do you believe that Jesus cares enough about you uh, that the scripture says that I've never seen the righteous forsaken or received begging for bread? Do you believe about, what do you believe about who Jesus is? The principle of giving will align your actions and your words. Verse 14, when they came to him, they said, teacher, we know you truthful. We know you don't care about what nobody thinks. We know you don't got no cares to give. <laughs> you worried about somebody's opinion? Never. Like they, they, they was trying to really get at Jesus and, and, and try to try to assuage him to their point and ideas. And so they're telling him, listen, we know that you don't show partiality either. But you teach the way of God truthfully. It's interesting here. This idea here that they're pressing on Jesus. They said, we know you're truthful. <laughs> this word, this idea here, it talks about loving the truth. And if they would have really understood what they were saying when they were trying to trap the Lagos in his Lagos, when they were trying to trap the word in his words, they would have be, they, they would have they would have seen if they weren't so busy trying to do that, that the truth was in front of them. See, and at times what we forget, the reality is, is that when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about him in our lives, we're talking about the truth. Not Paul Pierce, the basketball player who called himself the truth, but we're talking about the actual truth. He is the truth. And so giving, listen to this, the principle of giving is about being honest about your treasure. The principle of giving is about being honest about your treasure. See, so many of us, we live like our treasure is our treasure. And you believe, listen, I, I'm grinding out here. I'm working hard. I'm getting after it. Don't you know I'm an entrepreneur? <laughs> and listen, it's a lot of entrepreneurs in here, right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but never forget, 
that it's not your entrepreneurial spirit and hustle that gets you to the place where you are. It is the fact that Jesus is your provider. And so giving is about being honest about your treasure. I know you went to school and you studied at illustrious institutions and you were all up in the magnas and the cum laudes and the, and the summa cum laudes and all that stuff like that. And, and you did everything you could. You went to Brown and Cornell and all those different things and all that kind of stuff like that. But never forget that Jesus, sorry for my Cornell people, y'all in here. I love y'all. <laughs> it was just the only school I could think about at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's Jesus. It's being giving is about being honest about your treasure. Your treasure belongs to Jesus. Your treasure comes from Jesus. <laughs> you don't got no bag without Him. He is the bag. Come on, He is the bag. And so giving. Watch this. Remember this word for truthful. It's, it talks about loving the truth and speaking the truth. Giving is about loving the truth of God, word, about your finances. Giving is about loving the truth of God's word about your finances. Here's the truth of God about your finances. Is that when you give, you open a doorway for God to work. When you give, you open up a doorway for God to move through you. And so I tell people all the time, listen, because, you know, in our culture, there's so much uh, a, a buzz and talk about, you know, the church and stuff like that. People are like, oh, the church taking everybody money and all this stuff like that. My grandma did this and all this and, and, and they ain't even help her with the funeral and all the kind of stuff that people be talking about wearing me out. <laughs> but I tell people this, you're not giving to the church. You give through the church. And so when you give, right, when you operate in the principle of generosity, you are giving to God through the church. And so don't worry about, because <laughs> if you've been in a bad situation before, don't worry about it. God is in control. Love the truth about God's word about your finances. Here's the reality about your finances. God has called you to be a good steward over your finances. He's called you to be a good steward over your finances. And, and the starting point for being a good steward over your finances is that you take a portion of what God has given to you and you give it back to him. That's what worship is. Worship is about giving what God has given to you and giving it back to him. If you can sing, it is about giving what God has given to you and giving it back to him. If you can play the keys, it's about giving what God has given to you back to him. If God has blessed you with the gift of leadership, it is about giving what God has given to you and giving it back to him. Whatever it is, this principle of, of, and this idea here about loving the truth of God's word about your finances is loving the truth of stewardship. We get so busy doing our own thing. We get so busy doing what we want to do. And, you know, we, we, we get it. <laughs> we get it. Everybody has got stuff going on, and you got things happening in your life. But you got to learn how to practice the principle of what the Scripture calls the principle of first fruits. Giving to God first. Don't give God what you got left at the end of the day. Because he doesn't do that with you. He gave you out of his first only begotten son. He gave to you 
out of everything. And listen, he didn't give to you out of the little scraps. He gives to us out of an abundance of what he has. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want you to see this, is that giving is about not concealing the truth of God about your finances. Who in your life would know that you're submitted to Jesus through the way you spend your money? Oh, it got quiet. Who would know what you believe about Jesus? Who would know the truth about the word that you believe about Jesus based on how you deal with your finances? That's a hard one. <laughs> like, that's a hard reality. Ouch. I like sneakers. That's hard, right? <laughs> it's, it's a hard truth. But, but what would people recognize about what you believe about the truth of God based on how you deal with your finances? So they're going to Jesus. They're like, listen, we know you're truthful and all that stuff like that. We see you, Jesus. You out here. You be telling the truth and whatnot. Like, we see you. <laughs> you don't care about what nobody think either, Jesus. Like, you out here, Jesus. We see you. Trying to fluff them up. <laughs> Flattery. But this idea about not caring is about not being concerned. And so giving, or this idea is about deferring to something. And so this idea here, the principle of giving that's tucked into this, is that giving is about deferring to God about your treasure. Do you defer to God about what you spend your money on? Do you defer to him? Giving, watch this, too, is about not deferring to man's perspective about your resources. See, man would tell you, chase the bag against everything else. Don't worry about that. Them kids be all right. Go get the bag. But that's what, that's what the scripture says. Listen, we be talking like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know. I ain't spent no time with my kids this week, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I worked a triple shift because, you know, they got to eat. What about spending some time with their dad and their mom? Like, <laughs> don't spend so much time deferring to man's perspectives about your resources. Giving is about what you do, listen to this, with your earthly concerns. Giving is about what you do with your earthly concerns. See, it's the reason why so many of us chase and chase the bag and go after that stuff like that is because we're so worried about our, our earthly concerns. And I get it. We got bills to pay. I understand. Y'all got bills. Some of y'all got more bills than y'all need because y'all be doing extra stuff. But, like, some we got bills. And I understand that. And the scripture even tells us that money answers all things. Like, I, I get it. It's, it's, it's true. But listen to this. Is, is your heart postured in such a way that you surrender your earthly concerns to Jesus as opposed to thinking that you're the source of fixing all of your earthly concerns? First Peter 5, 7 tells us to cast all your cares on him because he cares about you. The principle of giving is about learning about God's care for you. He cares for you. And so you can give your first to him and he will provide for you. He will. I've seen him do it. Next they say, you know, you're not partial, you're not partial to anybody, Jesus. 
that idea of partiality is, 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 is the idea about outward appearances or outward circumstances. And so giving is about not being concerned with your outward circumstances. See, we are good stewards of our resources, but we don't concern ourselves with the futility of riches and chasing the bag. We don't, we don't concern ourselves with that. We are good stewards, but we don't fear for our external condition. Why? Because we know what giving does for our internal condition. We, we don't hoard resources for the sake of external appearances. Because we know what giving does for our internal appearances. And listen, I, I want to help you today because here's, here's what we get to see. Is that Jesus tells us in Matthew six nineteen. here's what he tells us. He says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven, where neither moth and rust destroys or thieves don't break and steal. Hear this, verse 21. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. Uh, theologian Martin Luther said this. He says, I've tried to keep things in my hands and I've lost them all. He says, but what I've given into God's hands, I still possess. And see, family, listen, when you give into God's hands, you still possess it. And, and I want you to shift your mentality from giving being about stuff to giving being about stories. See, we think that we give so that, that, that the church can get stuff. No, you give so that the church can have some stories about the work of God in people's lives. And so that's right. We want, we want lives to be transformed. We want stories of gospel transformation. We want stories of how God used the church to enter into some people's lives who were broken and, and beat down. And God used the church to be able to help some people move along in life. And that all happens through your giving. The planting of churches happens through your giving. So we're a three-year-old church plant. Listen to me. We exist here, and, and Marcus is up here saying it during worship, so many churches that I know that are young like us, they shut down during the pandemic. They shut down. And God has still allowed us to be here. And I need to tell you this here. That's right. You can give God some praise for that. But here's, I want to tell you why. The reason that happened is because God placed it on some people's hearts, some churches around the country. To be generous to us as a church, to allow us to still be here. And so, listen, I need you to see this. The generosity of some Christians that y'all don't even know. The generosity of some Christians in Texas. The generosity of some Christians in Pennsylvania. The generosity of some Christians in Florida. The generosity of some Christians in California. The generosity of some Christians all over this country has made it possible that we're still here able to do the work that God has called us to do here in the city of Wilmington. That's right. And, and listen, here's my desire for us as a church. Here's my desire for us is that God will allow us to be able to stand on our own two feet as a church and to support the work that God has called us to do ourselves. That's what growing up is about. 
Growing up is about stop needing to ask your mom for $20. Mom, just let me hold something. Mom, like, come on. You got it, mom. That's how y'all do. And then that escalates. Mom, let me just hold 400. 400? <laughs> you can't, I ain't holding nothing. Like, that's, listen, we got to write a note about that or something. <laughs> but here's what we got to see is that generosity moves things. When you're generous, God uses your generosity to move things forward. I, I needed to see this today. And they're still going on Jesus. Look, they're still going on him. Listen, Jesus, we know. <laughs> we know that you ain't partial and all that stuff like that. Jesus, you don't care about that. But you teach the way of God. Truthfully, Jesus. We know you, Jesus. You be instilling doctrine out here, Jesus. And teaching the way of God. I wish they knew what they were saying to Jesus. I wish they knew that they were talking to the way when they were talking about the way of God. <laughs> I wish they knew it, and I wish some of you knew that you're talking to the way when you're concerned about your finances. I wish that you knew that you were talking to the one who is a way maker, <laughs> the one who's a miracle worker, the one who's a promise keeper. I wish you knew who you were talking to when you're all filled with anxiety about your finances. If you're so filled with concern about your finances, number one, here's what you do. Get a budget. Take care of that. Make sure you're not spending more than you're earning. We have a wonderful couple here who will help you with that. You take their class and do all that stuff like that and learn how to manage your money well. Yeah. Some of y'all been through it. Yeah. Listen, you, you got to figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'll let y'all know when one will start. But listen to this. They're talking to the way of God about teaching the way of God. This way of God is talking about a way of thinking, feeling, or deciding things. Listen to me. Giving is about adhering to the teachings of the way of God. Giving is about adhering and about making decisions to follow God's teachings about your finances. And so then they come up, here they come, here they come with this, with this question, this, this hypocritical question. They say, look, Jesus, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay or not? And I don't think they understood the depth of their hypocrisy in this question. And I don't think we do either. But here's what they're, here's what they're really asking Jesus. This idea of being lawful, it comes from a word that talks about it being out of the I am. This, this word is it's a compound word, and I don't want to confuse you or, or, or go too deep into this, but it's a compound word that, that's used, the, the ego am I. It's, it's the I am, right? It's talking about, about who God is. It's when he says I am, this is the word that's used. And so when they're talking about this, they're asking, is it outside of God? To give tribute to Caesar. More than that, they're asking this. They're asking Jesus, is it outside of God to give tribute to other gods? Because Caesar was considered a god in that day. He wasn't just like the ruler. He was considered God. And so they're asking him, Jesus, is it lawful? Is it outside of God to give tribute to other gods? They were testing Jesus' loyalty to God the Father 
by insisting that another was God. Their hypocrisy in this was them pointing to this idea that Caesar is a God. So is it lawful, is it according to God for you to give to him when you believe that God is God? But their very question was insisting upon the realities of their heart about what they believed, about what was going on in their culture. They believed that Caesar was God. So they asked Jesus, is it lawful or is it outside of God for them to give to him? And here's what I need you to understand is this, is that the principle of giving, it sifts out our gods. The principle of giving is like, you know, when I married my wife, she had all these gadgets in the kitchen. I had never seen some of the stuff that she had. And listen, what I, the first time she made a meal for me. She had pulled out this thing out of her uh, drawer and in, in the kitchen. And I was like, what is that? I've never seen nothing like that before. She had this thing called a cake tester. Anybody knows what those are? It's just a little thin little piece of metal. It's got the little tips on the end of it. It's all little types of stuff on the end of it. And she, would, she put it inside the cake and pulled it out of the cake to test it to see if the cake was ready. Now, my aunt, she just took a fork and just like... Bam, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, nah, it ain't ready yet. <laughs> but my wife had all these tools. One of the tools that she had was a flour sifter. It's a little thing that you put flour in and you, like, turn the crank on it, and it starts to sift the flour. And that's what the principle of generosity does in our lives. It starts to sift out the things that are not like God in our lives. It starts to sift the things that we try to make God's in our lives. Success. It starts to sift out the things that we try to make God in our life. Cars, houses, all the things that we try to make God's generosity will sift that stuff out. And Jesus saying, but knowing their hypocrisy, verse 15, knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why are you testing me? Like, stop playing with me because like, don't, don't be in my face. Matter of fact, bring me one of them coins that y'all are so concerned about. Bring me one of them so I can look at it. And so here's Jesus. Now he got this coin in his hand. He told them, stop playing with me. <laughs> he was out here like Shakari, stop playing with me. <laughs> bring me a coin. So they brought him the coin for him to look at. This idea here is the idea of, of actually seeing with your eyes. But more than that, it's about seeing with the mind. And so giving helps you to see clearly who and what is a God in your life. It helps you to see who and what is a God in your life. And so they brought this coin to Jesus. They brought him the coin. And watch the master. Watch the masterful Jesus work here. He says to them, he turns to them and he says this. He says, whose image, this is verse 16. He says, whose image and inscription is on this coin? Whose image and inscription is on this coin? And they responded, Caesar's. He asked them whose image is on here. That, that idea that the word there for image is, is, is a word that talks about the likeness of something or the statue or profile or something. And, 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 and it's the word, it's, 
it's, it's the word econ, right? It, it, looks, it looks like, and in fact, when I was typing it into my computer right here to type my notes, when I typed in the, the, the Greek word econ, it, it changed it to the word Nikon. The cameras, right? But, but more than that, watch this, I, I, I need to see this. Icon comes from a word where we get the word icon from. And an icon, right, in our day and age, is, is, is a person who's worthy of veneration. We've got icons. Michael Jackson is an icon, right? For some of you, it's Michael Jordan versus LeBron is an icon, right? Some of y'all, it's Beyonce. She, 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 she is an icon. Whoever it is, don't worry about it. Whoever it is. Whoever it is. But the original meaning of this word, icon, right? You ready for this? The original meaning of this word in, 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 in our language was to describe a painting of Jesus. An icon is a painting or, or a depiction of Jesus. And so here's what I want to submit to you. Is that your generosity makes you a painting of Jesus. Your generosity causes you to be a representation of Jesus. Your generosity causes you to have the profile of Jesus. And listen, this, I, this, this word here, this Greek word, it comes from a root, root word which means to be like. And so your generosity makes you a representative copy of Jesus. And so giving, watch this, giving is about Whose image you bear. Jesus tells him, he says, listen, bring me that coin. Let me see it. And look, look at it. Whose image is on here? And so your generosity is about displaying whose image is on you. Generosity is about displaying whose inscription is on you. Is the autograph of Jesus on your finances? Is the autograph of Jesus on your life? Has he, is, is he the one who's signing all of your checks? He like puppy. He said, don't, don't worry about if I write rhymes. I write checks. Jesus is the one cashing all the checks in your life. He's the one who's writing all the checks in your life. Whose inscription is on your finances? And Jesus tells him this. He says, if it's Caesar's, then give it to him. But if it's God's, then give it to God. And family, I need us to see today is that so many of us have lived our lives with our finances as if it belongs to someone else. We treat our finances like it belongs to Caesar and not to God. But Jesus is teaching them some stuff here in this passage that I, I want to help you to see today. And here's how I want to help you to see today. Take the word Caesar out and insert your name. Is it Derek's? Then give it to Derek. But if it's God's, you better give it to God. And family, I want to encourage you today. As I'm closing, Ryan, you can come. I, I want to encourage you today. That the point is this. Second Corinthians nine, six through eight tells us this. 
He says, the point is this. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he is decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or out of compulsion. Since God loves what? A cheerful giver. Watch this here in verse 8. He says, And God is able to make every grace overflow to you. He's able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything that you need, you may excel in every good work. Family, this principle here that I'm talking to you about today, it's not about how much money you've got, right? That's not the point. Because Jesus taught us that in multiple parables that he talked about, multiple of his interactions. The woman who, who, who had a, a mite, she gave it, and Jesus looked at her and said, look at her faith. She gave out of everything that she had. And so it's not about the amount, family. Believe me, it's not about that. We're not talking about that to you when we're talking about giving. But we're talking about your heart. What's in your heart? Do you believe that God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that you always have everything that you need? Having everything you need is not about having a bunch of stuff either. It's not about having a bunch of stuff. Because here's what I know. Poor is a mentality. It's a mentality. You can have a a little bit of money and be the wealthiest person that you know. Because poor is not about a mentality. It's it's not about how much money you got. It's a mentality. And so listen to this. God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. Here's how you ought to pray when you pray for your finances. God, give me enough so that I can be a blessing. God, give me enough so that I can be a blessing to someone else. Give me enough so that every good work may flow out of me. Give me enough. I got everything I need, but just give me enough so that every good work can flow from out of me. And here's what I know. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Here's what it tells us. He says, give, and it will be given unto you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Family, those who are marked, this is my my last couple points. Those who are marked, they give generously. They don't hold back. They find ways to give. 
big time ways to get. That's why I, I loved the older black lady in church when I grew up. <laughs> they would tell you quick. You did something for them, and they pulled a five dollar bill out and gave it to you. Right, E, we'd be like, nah, mother, nah, mother, we good, we good, we got you. Like, baby, you're not gonna block my blessing. You're going to take this five dollars. Going about your business <laughs> before you get in trouble. <laughs> Listen, those who are marked, they give generously. And those who are marked give cheerfully. Because those who are marked know that they have every grace overflowing in their lives. Family, if you are marked, if you've been called by the Savior, you have every grace overflowing in your life. How do I know that? Ephesians tells us that we have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. God's not holding out on you. Stop believing that. He's not holding out on you. But he has every spiritual blessing provided for you. And he will give you everything that you need. Father, I pray by your spirit today, Lord, help us. Help us to see today that the call from the Savior is a call to give of our time, our talent, and our treasure. We don't hold on to anything like Martin Luther said. We don't hold on to nothing. Because everything we've tried to hold on to, we've lost. But everything we've placed into your hand, we still possess. Help us to realize that today. Help us to walk as those who have been marked by the Savior. It's in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord, I pray. With thanksgiving in my heart, knowing that you'll do everything that you said you would. In the holy and matchless name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.